Welcome back to my Where Are You Really From podcast. My name is Yael Gavish, still. And today's guest, we have Alex La, that I found him finally in Boston yeah. before he's running away again. Hey, Alex, what's up? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm uh, running away to New York, just in Boston for a day or two before I head back. But yeah, it's great to be here. Excited. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, so do you want to tell us where are you really from? Uh, so, um... That's always an interesting question for me just because I know when people ask that, they're you know asking my ethnicity and it's like I'm Vietnamese, but uh, in terms of where I'm really from, I usually say Oregon, but I also was born in Georgia, lived there for three years, and then I moved to Connecticut and lived there for like nine or ten years, and then I moved to Oregon, went to high school there, middle school and high school, and then I went to college in Indiana, and I've kind of lived all over Kentucky, Massachusetts, soon to be New York. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. What, what did your parents do for all those travels? Um, so a lot of people think that we're an army family when I tell them that. We're not. <laughs> uh, when, I was, when they were in Georgia, my dad was a social worker. Uh, my mom was working in a nail salon. Then when we moved to Connecticut, uh, they, they, just, they owned a nail salon. And a laundromat. These are very stereotypical Vietnamese Yeah, businesses. it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, where's your mom now? I need to get my nails done. Oh, <laughs> uh, she is in Vegas. Like it's it's funny, but like I laugh with all of my Israeli friends that live here all the time. And like we, I I went one time to an American girl salon, and she ruined my nails and my hands, <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't touch my nails for like three months. Uh, and then yeah. I went back to Kimberly, my favorite Vietnamese, and she's the sweetest person in the world. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, I, I'm, uh, growing up in Connecticut, uh, we knew a lot of other nail salon businesses, and they were all Vietnamese. Yeah, I don't think any of us ever contracted anyone that wasn't Vietnamese, unless it was to be a receptionist. We had one person, a white receptionist. Really? She didn't touch the nails. You <laughs> 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 stay over there. But, but but it's funny that like people here wouldn't trust like other people besides the Vietnamese. It's like that's the Vietnamese. Thing. like yeah I, I i even know the history behind it do you want to know the history yes you know I, oh yeah i do so when people came from vietnam came from vietnam to america after the war they were looking for something to kind of like uh looking for something to do to kind of assimilate into society and I, there was an actress i can't remember her name but she was with a group of vietnamese women and trying to figure out like how can we help you get assimilated into american society and all the Vietnamese women loved the way her nails looked. Loved the way, you know, her finger, the her, way her, the Americans girls nails uh, looked. Uh, the way the uh, the actress's nails looked, and okay. so uh, once she kind of saw that they were really curious or fascinated by that, then she's like, "All right, I will teach you. I will teach you guys how to paint nails." And then it just became a thing. It oh just, my like, god! It became like a big cultural thing. I don't. I. I, I can't. I can't understand how that just became like a purely vietnamese thing because i can't imagine she had that many like women looking at her nails like probably maybe like 10 or 20 yeah and but then, it became like yeah but maybe it's just like everyone in vietnam knows everybody or something like that and just like spread yeah <laughs> so yeah that's uh um, the, the girl that does my nails she didn't go to vietnam for like i think like 14 or 15 years i'm not sure like what's her like situation here in america if she's legal or not or but she works. She doesn't have days off. That's like something that I can't understand. But she doesn't have days off. She doesn't have life. She has three kids, but they don't live with her. But uh, nail salons are open like a lot. Like my my. But they, they all work all day. Yeah. Every day. They they're open like 12, 13 hours a day usually. My my family wasn't. 
Uh, we had we had weekends off, but some nails. What do you mean? So wait, did you work there for a while? Or? My mom and dad. No, I okay. <laughs> actually, um, I like. So here's what I did. Uh, I was like a little kid when I was a little kid, like a five, six years old. I would stand outside the nail salon and I would like pull women in to like get their nails done. Oh my god, it's yeah. like the Israelis at the mall. Yeah, just like hey, come in, come get your nails Sample, done. Sample, what do you use for your nails? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do that. Um, I also used to play the piano, and there was like a piano in the nail salon. Oh my so god, that's, that's yeah. fancy. Well, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the name of the nail salon, Fancy Nails. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> nails or nail? Fancy Nails. Nails, nails. okay, that's... There's, there's, <laughs> the funny, there's like the comedian that's laughing at the at the nail salons girls. Did you watch it? It's Angela one like, Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know she so, is. Yeah, so she, she's like... She she did like very well, and she talked about the the fact that they're just like pretty nail. I think that's the name. Like pretty they just nail. say nail, one pretty nail. nail, one nail. Pretty yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's one in Brooklyn that calls nouveau nail, and New nouveau, nail. nouveau in French they write it like as plural thing. Nouveau and, and one nail, and I'm like that even doesn't sound good like grammatically. <laughs> like, Fancy nail. Yeah, but uh. it is like. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, so yeah, I did that. So that, that's why you that's why you traveled all the time, or no? We just traveled just because we wanted to. My dad went like so. We we moved to Oregon. My most of my family, most of my dad's family lives in California, and so he wanted okay. to be kind of closer because Connecticut yeah. Connecticut was where my mom's side was. Okay, and so we wanted to go somewhere that was closer to us. Were they born in Vietnam or here? Uh, my parents were both born in Vietnam. Oh really? Do you speak Vietnamese? No, not at all. Why? Uh, I don't... I So they told me that I used to when I was like a little kid, like before... So maybe you still got that. No way. I for, <laughs> if I do, I, I don't know where it is. I forgot it. I... Because I, I had a ba- I had a Vietnamese babysitter and I used to... She couldn't speak English and so I would communicate with Vietnamese. But then I started going to school and my dad... I think it was my dad that really pushed me to keep speaking English but I don't think he realized that I would just end up forgetting Vietnamese. Yeah. Um, my mom, she speaks like broken English. She speaks English well, but like there are some things that she isn't able to communicate as yeah, well as my dad. My dad speaks fluent English and speaks Vietnamese as well. Vietnamese as well. But um, yeah, I don't... It's, I don't so, it's one of my dreams to know how to speak Vietnamese. It is? Yeah, because they know that they're talking about me all the time in the nail salon. Oh, yeah, they are. And, oh, yeah, I know. I tell them that all the time. Like, what did you say about me? And they're just <laughs> laughing. And like, oopsie. Yeah, they're just, they're definitely, they're, that's that's just the nature of the business. Like, I didn't understand, but I, I knew, <laughs> I knew my parents were talking crap because, well, it's like, it's not even my parents' fault because sometimes they told me that the, uh, the customers, they would share a lot of information. They would overshare. Like oh yeah yeah like I'm sure with I, I, them or yeah. with like other, each other like when they're coming together the the, the customer would share with my mom my mom and dad okay yeah, it they're... makes sense like I'm telling Kimberly a lot yeah she but... doesn't understand anything but I tell well they think like, they, I don't think they think my mom doesn't understand but she understands that if, like some woman tells her that she's having an affair my mom understands what an affair is oh my god that's amazing <laughs> it's hilarious it's, it's like, like taxi drivers but. 
more sober people. Yeah, like, no, stories. you're you're. There's no reason. That's amazing. They it, should write a book about that. Oh yeah, tales from the nail salon. Like they'd yeah, be like, oh my god, tales from the nails. That's, yeah, tales from the nails. That's, that's amazing. Right. That's, that's a good I book. would I would definitely <laughs> buy that book. Yeah, and would look for my stories in it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing how people were able to develop relationships with my mom and dad because they haven't been to they haven't worked a nail salon in like a decade. More than a decade, uh, but still, people like actually they had two customers from Connecticut fly out to Las Vegas where my family, my mom and dad live now, and they visited them, and so that was really nice. It's like that's nice because they had been doing it for like ten years in Connecticut. They had the same customers every month, yeah. so they build a relationship. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then it's like I know. call I called to a different nail salon a couple of weeks ago, accidentally because they have like two in the same name, and I was like, I can I speak to Kimberly. And because she always mad at me that I'm not calling before I'm coming. And I'm just calling like two minutes before I'm coming just like to make her feel good. So I called and they're like, uh, Kimberly is not here anymore. And I was like, what? Oh and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I went there. I was like, and I saw Kimberly. And I was like, oh, you are here. And she was like, yes, why? And, and I was like, I just called and someone told me that you're not here anymore and i thought that like i don't know what to do anymore with my life so i told her like no matter what if you're gonna live somewhere even to vietnam let me know i'm with you yeah (laughs) yeah, she was very happy to (laughs) yeah yeah it's like you build a relationship they're like your person yeah and and also like i i I feel them like i feel kimberly like i'm here alone in a different language world and a different culture world so when i see her struggling i'm like yeah me too like i I love that (laughs) like Ah. I feel more comfortable to go to see them than like the American fake nail salons, people, <laughs> which I did once, and I'm not gonna do that. That's again. Cr- honestly, that's crazy. I've never, I, I've never seen that. I've heard of it, but I personally never. Seen Why that. the Americans? Ones? Yeah, like, like nail slides where it's only American. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. I think it was like uh, it. It was like on the, on my way, and it was just like spontaneously. I was like, okay, let's go in there and. And I did it, and I regretted it for like two weeks because I even <laughs> couldn't take the like the the colors of my nail. It was it was a mess. And I remember I did it right before I went to the Yellowstone, so I was suffering from like I didn't have like a nail polish remover or something. I had nothing. Like I was in the Yellowstone for like ten days uh, and stuck with nails that really hurt and like it was uh, terrible. I didn't know nails could hurt. <laughs> oh my yes, they could. Uh, definitely uh, that's how you know that's have you ever done your nails my parents no they never did my nails <laughs> um i wish i learned how to do it or something about it I it's just, tons of money it's good money yeah it's a lot it's... of work though it's not easy it's oh easy. yeah yeah i'm sure that it's not easy no it's like my mom she's older now and it's like harder to physically just focus and just yeah it's like hard that. yeah i never i can I never, do that myself like <laughs> i never realized i never realized um but yeah, it's just my dad did it, my mom did it. Uh, it's like art. You need to be concentrate and, and sharp. It, and it's funny that my dad did it. Now that I think about it. Oh my god, that that's something I talked recently with someone, and I, I said that like, there's always at least one man in any nail salon in Newbury Street, and there's like those rumors that he's the best. He knows. That, like my mom <laughs> told me that too. That she she used to see like only the male from there when she lived here. But <laughs> yeah, it's just. I it's just funny just thinking about my dad doing it because he's such a such a serious man and he's like you know like he's a good conversationalist with me but I can't imagine him just like talking with a woman and just like doing her nails you know he's like because he was like he was like forty when he was doing it I was just like this is like a grown man you know like it's different if you be like kind of like a more 
like effeminate like young dude in his 20s yeah. doing it but it's like my dad's like this surly like so no Man. but all, all those like people <laughs> in the nail like if there's two men in the nail salon they work i don't know sometimes i'm like i think that they owe all the girls there like because they, they seem like the yeah. most like in charge and like oh. the most power so so i don't know but they seem like businessmen and they look like very very manly and when i see them like doing the nails they're also very serious and i'm like they do the best like yeah. for sure like they know what they're doing yeah. i would trust them i haven't talked about nail salon stuff in my comedy it'd be different i don't know you, you don't talk no not really why that, that's an interesting thing that's like something that yeah so many people like would be interested to hear like i haven't figured out what's like super funny about it yet because Plenty of, like, Angela Johnson. I mean, she does, like, a whole... She, yeah, she, she did, like... like she covered out. a lot of most of the funniest things, but I bet there's still so many things there that are... Yeah, and, I mean, most of my comedy is, like, about personal things that happened to me directly. And so I would have to think about what happened to me when I was in the nail salon. Like, playing the piano is something I did. Yeah. Or, bar- like, pulling women in to get their nails done. Or, um... It's yeah. funny because the, in Israel, do you, have you ever met like those Israelis in the mall that like selling cosmetics? Israelis? Yeah, they they're usually like kiosks or like fancy stores. Here in the U.S. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, I they're will. standing with a sample outside and they just like pull people to are, the store. Are they normally Israeli? Yes, they most of the time would tell you, yeah, I'm from Italy, yes, I'm from there, yes, I'm from there, because a lot of Americans kind of like got the thing with the Israelis and they don't want to buy anything else anymore from Israelis because Whoa. they felt like they got I didn't scammed. know that. Did you buy something from no, them? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just like I've seen those people. Yeah, they're Israelis. Like, In I, Vegas, <laughs> there's tons of them. Of the stores, yeah. That's interesting. Like, and it's easy. Yeah, I can. Talk, if you said you were Italian, I could. I would. Buy yeah, so it. that's what I'm saying. So that's they, crazy. they usually would lie about the the thing, just like to build their own character or something. And and yeah, so in the the Christmas time, it's something that all the Israelis know, even if they never worked in those things. So they used to like they used to stop. Like I think they're still doing that, but they do like. I don't know, to make the, the person that they're trying to pull into the store, like, confused, they just ask him something in Hebrew, and then he's like, what? No, no, let me show you this one, and they're just, like, in the store already, and the person's like, <laughs> okay, I'm here, what do you want to show me? I wouldn't... But they used to ask them, like, what do you use for Tzipornayim Tiviyot? That's, like, the question, that's, like, something that a lot of Israelis know. It's, what, what do you, Tzipornayim Tiviyot, it's natural, natural nails. Oh. So, basically, what do you, what do you use? Natural nails, in Hebrew. Oh, okay. So it's like, it's confused. Like, what do you use for Tzipornayim TV most of the time? And they're like, what? Ah. Ah, I'm sorry about my accent. Let me show you this one. And they're like, <laughs> boom, inside. So, and then they had like the, the buffer. I had, I like, I had the buffer before. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's the one that like you shine your nails. And then in Christmas time, it's like the best seller in their stores. Huh. So it's something that they do since I think the late 90s probably. And then in Christmas time, it's it's insane. Like a lot of Israel is going to do that. Get oh, so it's yeah. like the same thing. It's like Vietnamese for nail salons. Israelis yeah. are always like kiosks. Yes. Salesmen, yes. representatives. That's very, very aggressive, though. Like they, if you oh. meet them, try no. If if you meet them and you know me, please do me a favor and do yourself a favor. Don't stop. <laughs> rest, I've learned that the rest of the world is just generally very aggressive, and we in America. I mean, all right. So here's an example. When I went to Paris. Like, you, you lived in Paris, right? Yeah. Bit. 
Yeah. Like, I remember I went, like, two years ago, and just, uh, I was walking down the street, and I ran into, like, Eastern Europeans, <laughs> and it's just, like, they were asking me for money, and it's, like, I gave, they are I gave them one euro, and then, like, I gave one euro for one woman, and then three women yeah. appeared out of nowhere. Oh it's like, my god! It's like he's got money. And I was like, no, this is they the house works. So like, aggressive in America. If I give you a dollar, like guys, the guy or girl, he's like, thank God you bless, so thank you so yeah. much. And then that's that's no, it. No, and no, it's, no, it's like they followed me for like three blocks, and I'm like, you oh guys, my god, this is aggressive. And so like I've seen that with like you know scams that Eastern Europeans would do. Like they would. Put, yeah, so it's not only like Eastern Europeans. There are many like. So there, I've met like many Arabs that do that. One yeah. time I was super scared, and there's many like anti-Semitic people in in Paris right now. And and I remember that I was sitting in a restaurant drinking coffee before a show, and a homeless guy came to me and he was like, "Can I have money? Can you give me money?" And he had like a very like thick Arabic accent, and I was like, "No, no money, sorry." And I had like. Like few, I don't know, just like coins on the table that I left for the server. He took it. It was like, can I take that? And I was like, no, it's for the server. Like, I was like, I'm sitting in a restaurant. Please get away. Like, get, go. Like, no, you don't do that. And he didn't care. And he started to yell at me. And then he started to check. Like, he started to speak French and started to like curse me in French. And I was like, I was looking for the waiter. The waiter started to like come over to let him go, like to tell him he to go. And and he started to ask me like, "Where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! If I'm gonna tell him that I'm from Israel, I'm gonna be dead, maybe." Yeah. Like I, so I started to tell him that I'm from United States. And oh no, and should he, have said Italy. The way <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's the thing. Sometimes you never know, and they would might. No, like, it's true. They never speak English, no matter what. Like English, yeah. that's the last language that they would speak. They would speak like Italian. They would speak spanish but english no way there's yeah. not a chance so that's a good that's a good that's a good gamble yeah yeah so that. my my teacher from to france uh, to french when i studied in the institut francais de tel aviv in the french institute in tel aviv he taught me like he told me like no matter what if somebody's asking you where you're from say that you're from united states it's like <laughs> it's, just get out of it it's that's so funny because uh it's like the opposite when you when an american goes abroad we always feel like oh we're from canada yeah we're not an american you know it's just or in my case i would probably try to say somewhere from asia but i don't speak any asian language but also like there's so many asian people yeah, around yeah. the world like traveling so that's yeah <laughs> i know asians have kind of at least the chinese have yeah chinese mostly a very say, bad yeah. reputation abroad that's oh yeah I'm... they're they're mean oh it's that's not... what i'm saying they're rude even here in the restaurant that i work it's like um i actually read this interesting article it just has to do with the fact that china has now become one of the economic powers of the world and so See, I... that's why oh that's what the article was saying and i kind of I, 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 I don't think though i don't i well, don't think so it's, it's like when you are the most power because like, they used to say this about americans and i i still think they do a little bit where americans okay. will go abroad and be kind of loud and obnoxious yeah they can be loud but they're super nice americans abroad are the nicest people i, I remember when i worked in the restaurant in Tel Aviv every time we had like an American people like table we all were so happy first like very nice tip all the time and also they were so nice that's like, true the loud thing the loud thing is still consistent but the, nice the Chinese thing, are very loud yeah Chinese yeah. This, like that's how I can like guess that they're from China that was the reason that was the theory though is like the theory was that um it's just when your country is doing well and you have suddenly you have money like Chinese people are getting more money that means they can go abroad and like kind of see the world it's just uh, I don't know it was just arguing that if you're an, if you're an economic superpower then you're more likely to go abroad and just kind of acts like you're 
No. That's very... not very true because Israelis, I know that we were very rude and very loud. I think that, like, oh, okay. we're the loudest <laughs> that I've ever yeah. met. It was just a theory. Yeah, yeah, and we're not strongly economic. That's for sure. <laughs> the economic in Israel is really bad. Interesting. So. I've only, when I've been abroad and met Israelis, they've always been very positive. Very oh, yeah, we're very positive. That's true, but we're very loud too. And sometimes it can be very, like, rude. Uh, I, I feel like the, the Israelis, I I always met, like, you know... Like, what, if you're what? on their side, you're protected. Like, you're going to feel, like, really good with yourself. But if they're going against you or something, uh, ah, okay. you're lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know why. It's because I always met is- Israelis traveling solo. I never met Israelis in a group. Really? I met three Israelis separately. Where? Uh, in the United States? Or? No, no, in Latin America. In okay, the, oh, yeah. That's Latin the after, after army trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them was this girl, and she she was just finished her service, and she was traveling solo, and uh, yeah, she was very she was like pretty soft spoken actually, um, but really nice. Yeah, my sister is right now in her trip, the after army trip. Something like most of the the people do in Israel How after is the it? army. It's like you finish when you're like 20, 21, and then you work for like a year, and then you just take all the money that you saved and go for like six months. How, so the when they're when you're in the army they pay you right uh not enough well it's like hundred dollars per month or something a hundred one hundred dollars per month what? yes that's yes. it yes that's why i got like in really bad like economic situation while i was in the army my base was right next to a big mall in tel aviv and i spent it all on mcdonald's and shoes wait a hundred a month but yeah so unless you're a combat my sister i have two sisters one is a combat right now and she's making like four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars but i understand like your housing is taken care of probably food's nah, taken not care. really like i used to go like every day to the base so i lived with my mom so what i'm yeah. sure all right I need oh yeah because you have to do that so they don't have so much money to pay but if you stay to build a career in the army that's something else you can like, live like you, you said you would stay you would you would do the uh the conscription that they are so the mandatory thing is like two years for girls or three years for men and then the you barely get money for that you barely get money so you finish that you work really hard for like almost a year and then you take the money and travel with who with the army during that year or just on your own no no on your own after you finish your time you just like that's the thing people do yeah my sister right now the other one she's uh, 22 and she is right now in vietnam (laughs) Ah, yeah. cool. Yeah, she went, she did like the East trip. What so did... they started in Thailand, they went to Laos and Nepal and the Philippines. Okay, and so... I was so jealous at her. Where did you go? I didn't finish my army, so I went to Paris again alone. Wait, why did you finish? Uh, first, the money thing, and I didn't like my, like, my role, and they didn't want to change my role, so they just like... What was your role? I was basically like a secretary. Oh, what? <laughs> like, they told me, you're in charge on the entire office. And I'm like, I'm still a secretary. I don't like that. Did you have to wear a uniform? Like a, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. Whoa. Yeah, one time I lost the, the beret. The like beret. The hat, yeah. Wait, the beret is the hat. Yeah. You lost yeah, you put, you put it, like, on the shoulder. Oh, Yeah, okay. you put it on the head only when, like, I don't know, like, a ceremony or something. And one time, like, I, I lost it and my... But basically, my surgeon gave me hers. She told me, like, just that if they're going to catch you. Because there was, like, a police army. It's like a fashion police. I'm like, why, where's your hat? Like, mm. <laughs> like, they asked me, why is my hat in 
in a different color than the rest of the unit. And I'm like, ah, it's... Uh, it's not mine. <laughs> yeah, it's not mine. I lost it. Uh, so they basically told me that it's a warning, but one more time, I'm going to get like... Jail, yeah, like... Yeah, you can go to jail easily. Jail? Just for that? Yeah, but it's like a, an army jail, so it's like... Was it's it like, not like a real jail. It's like a like lot this, of... this, your house, and they just like... No, so it is, it is a jail, I guess, but it's it's kind of like a lot of people that they know spend time in the army jail. It doesn't count as a jail. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind <laughs> so, of like a weird thing. It's a concept. The only, the only thing is that like, as long as you're in jail... That's what my office used to do. We used to give like uh, paroles, like to, to handle paroles of people that went to jail in the army. And it usually was like the funniest things in the world. It was like, um, yeah, so so you, you can get out of it like easily too. So Yeah, interesting. Yeah. You can yeah. get out of it. Oh, yeah. the, the only thing that if you're spending time in the jail, so it counts as days that you weren't in your army. So the day that you're going to finish the army is getting like farther than you and you're like i don't want to spend those days like so it's kind of like days of going to the garbage and you don't gotcha. want to do that gotcha can you are you able to get out of military service so it's not easy but it's possible like I've i know that. in south korea if you serve in the olympics i think you can get out of it that, I think oh really yeah or i think it's it's either you serve you like not serve it's either you participate in the olympics or you have to win a gold medal the olympics oh my god that, that's that's a good motivation though <laughs> like you don't want to start in the army get a gold medal yeah i think like, it it was something like that something absurd that's funny because i remember i was in co- uh, college and there's this kid from south korea and he was i was a sophomore second year and he was a freshman first year and i remember talking with him he's like yeah so like what do you want to do after you graduate well he's like well, well i have to go back to korea and serve in the army for two years i'm like what oh my god and it's like can you get out of it aren't, aren't you well you're here can't you get out of it he's like no well i can if i win an olympic medal <laughs> <laughs> too late now wow that, that's amazing though yeah. like we don't have that option i know that like there for a long time the thing that if you're gay you can say that you're gay and you're not comfortable and they would just let you go easily. Wait, what? But it was like many years ago. But it, I know that it was like a joke. Like people are like, yeah, we'll just go and say that I'm gay. <laughs> or if you're religious, if you're very religious, you can get out of it like very easily. Uh, or if you're getting married. So there, there's one very famous uh, supermodel in Israel. Her name is Bar Rafael. She's, if you heard about her. Uh, she was dating Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio for a while. And... That that's their story. So she got married to get out of the army. To Leonardo with a f- No, no, no. <laughs> with a friend of her dad. That's like sad. It's like something very bad. But she's very famous for doing that to get out of the army. So a, lo- a lot of people are like, oh my god, how can you do that? Like we don't support. Like people yeah. wouldn't support her or like her work and stuff because it's like. But like I, I don't know. Like there's a comedian in Israel, a good friend of mine, Doron Rahav, that she says that like yeah we miss Rambo. <laughs> like it's so much like we missed something with her in the army she couldn't do anything anyway uh, probably yeah but yeah the, the thing is that it was very anti doing my services they have because everyone has to go to the army so we have so many positions for everything like we yeah. have a band and we have a theater for the idf that basically you can go like if you're part of the theater you can go to we have like a radio station so you can do the the service there it's not easy to get into it you need like to have the right connections basically but uh you can like basically you also they also do like a lot of entertainments for 
soldiers in the fields like that can count as your your yeah and it counts as a service you did theater for two years yes that, uh, yes so just... they they have like a special role once a year they have like comedian slash magician no way yeah you and i an israeli army comedian. i hired like they told me all right you passed the audition a relative of mine was the judge so Wait, I you, passed were, the audition. you were an Israeli army comedian? So that that was the plan. But then a month before, before the... Like, I didn't go to anything. I didn't try to get to anything. Because I said, like, okay, I'm already a comedian. I'm going to be a comedian. I don't care. Like, no other options. And I, <laughs> I did the audition. I passed. And that was, like, my plan. And then a month before I got drafted, they sent me a letter that said, we're very sorry. We're not going to open this world this year. Bye. You... Screwed, just... and then they just put me with everyone else that didn't have any positions already. Secretary. So yeah, so it was like all the weird people so... with me, and I was like, oh my god, that's bad. Did you commit like like not a crime, but isn't it like you didn't finish your military conscription? Have you been to Israel since then? Oh yeah, definitely. I didn't run away. So I start like because I was in the office for like ten hours a day, and I didn't do anything. My body. My very smart, intelligent body started to, like, get diseases. Like, not diseases, yeah. but, like, depression and, like, I had, like, yeah. panic attacks because I... I no, I'm, I'm not, like, fit for those things. And I tried to talk to them. Like, please give me a different position. Give me something else to do. Give me something to do. Put me in the field. And Yeah. and uh, No, not in the field. I wanted to keep doing comedy. That was, like, put, put in my in, own conditions, of course. Put me in theater. Yeah. Do, do this. There, yeah. And I knew that there's nothing to do anyway. So I was, like... I kind of like made my panic attacks more big than what they were actually. And then they sent me, there is a, a psychiatrist in the army and only he can let you go. It's still not easily. Like it took me like a couple of weeks or a couple of months even like to see him. He gave me tons of pills because that's the answer for everything uh. with, with the psychiatrist. So he just gave me a lot of pills that even doesn't make sense. And he told me to take it. And then my mom was like, listen, he's a doctor. He knows what he's saying. <laughs> so I took the pills and then it made me like really depressed and really down. And I was like, okay, I really don't like that now at all. And then he was like, okay, we have another option. We can send you home for six months. It's going to be temporary and then come back. And if you want to keep doing that, do that. If not, it's okay. Gotcha. So I took the six months. And after six months, they called me and I moved to Tel Aviv <laughs> during those six months. And I'm like, I'm not going back anywhere. Uh, I had my apartment, I had my life, I had my comedy. And then they called me and I was like, ah, I have a stomach ache today, so I can't come. And they're like, all right, do you want to reschedule it? And I was like, yeah. So they rescheduled it for after six months again. And then they called me and I was like, all right, let me go. Uh, so how many yeah. more months did you have how, how much time did you have left to complete it i even i even not sure so all of that happened like after six months that i served and then it was basically it was counting my time still even when it wasn't there uh but they wanted to send me to the same position and i was like no okay. not even like five minutes in that position do you want to give me a different position and i'm coming back and i knew that they're not going to do that uh, so <laughs> so i was just like sitting there in front of a guy and like like, well, no, I'm not going back to that position. I was like, all right, so I'm going to let you go. And I was like, don't let... So there is a thing that that's the easiest thing to get out with if you prove them that you you have a mental illness. But then they write it. So if you left yeah, the army with like... It, yeah, so we have like profiles. So that's like 21 mental. Uh, yeah, okay. the highest would be like 97. <laughs> but the, yeah, the lowest would be like 21. 
And 21, like physical, it's okay. But 21 mental, you don't want to have that in your records at all. Gotcha. So I, he told me, like, I'm going to send you home with 21 mental. And I was like, no. I'm fine. Pro- prove me that I'm mental and send me home. And he was like, all right, so come back to the same position. And I was like, no. <laughs> so I just spent, like, enough time to convince him that there is one more option. And I, he sent me with 24 spatial. So that was my profile. <laughs> uh, that's, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's a that's a hell of a story. I didn't I didn't realize you know when I think of military conscription, I literally thought like you would be marching and just taking orders. Like you wouldn't necessarily be in the field, but you'd just be like, "Are you proficient in combat? Can you fight?" Uh so you. That's the thing. Like every every soldier would be part of like a training. We have like but zero one, zero two. My sister did the zero seven. I think. That it's like the the, the toughest. It's yeah. It's like it's not the elite, but it's like very tough. Yeah, it's like she knows how to shoot, and she did a lot of like journeys. Know. I didn't. I did like I think zero two or something. Do you know how to shoot a gun? Do you yeah, know how to yeah. Yeah, like, the M sixteen with like some shooting days. Do you know how to like? hand-to-hand combat a little bit or not? so they taught us that was like one night that i would never forget because the surgeon was so pissed i was the clown in that like the, <laughs> the training weeks and she told us like all right today we're gonna study uh, and there's like a crazy distance between you and your surgeons till like the training is over and then we open it and like oh we're the same age like <laughs> because they are like older than you in one year and they treat you like shit and you're like oh come on that's annoying and she was like, all right, today we're going to learn uh, Krav Maga. Uh, and basically the Krav Maga that she taught us is like to hold your gun because you have to carry your gun every time, like in the training. After the training, I didn't have a gun, but in the, yeah, <laughs> in the yeah, base, yeah. I like, no. But in the training, so she was like, okay, now push the gun. And she's saying like words and stuff and like do that and that. And let's do that again. You don't, you don't do that good. Like do that again. And we do that. And after like half an hour, I was like tired. And I was like, Listen, I have a gun in my hand. Like, there's not a chance that if, like, a terrorist is going to come over me, I'm going to start to remember those things that you're telling me. I'm going to shoot him. And everyone laughed, and she wasn't. <laughs> and, <laughs> it was very funny. I was like, are you, like, and it's a true story. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like I'm not going to fight someone with a gun, like, to hit him with a gun. I have a gun. Yeah. That's, like, the biggest thing that I can have right now. <laughs> that's pretty funny (laughs) it's like when you're playing Mortal Kombat or something and you're like just punching like no you have all those like other moves X X triangle X triangle right left right left and you're like doing like a fireball that's what I'm gonna do the entire like fight do you play Mortal Kombat? I used to when I was a kid like they just came out with a new one Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. They keep releasing new ones? Wow, Apparently, that's insane. Mortal Kombat 11. I saw Did it. Did you watch it? Did you play it? I was uh, I was in New York staying with someone, and they were they downloaded it. They played Mortal Kombat wow. 11. Yeah. It's- Mortal Kombat, it's on Sony, right? Yeah, I had Sony. It's, uh, well, it's on Xbox and PS4. X- okay. I think it's on Xbox only. I don't remember. It used to be on Sony PlayStation. That's why. Oh, that's probably why I- still. Yeah, probably. Like, I have, I have uh, Wii right now. I'm a wow. Nintendo girl. Uh, yeah, I'm Switch. I yeah, remember that. Yes, yeah, so I have the Switch Wii U and, and I'm not gonna buy the Switch. It was very close to trade this one to the Switch, and I'm like, I barely play with this one either. So I barely play the Switch. It was a huge waste of money. I wish I. I guess I could sell it. <laughs> yeah, you can sell. You can also trade it to other things. That's like better oh, deals, mo- probably. I need money. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So just sell it. Yeah. Yeah, doing like a Craigslist or something. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how much I could get. But anyways, uh, yeah, maybe in the time, my time of need, 
I mean, I'm going to New York and I don't have a job yet. So if I need the money... I so what is your plan to New York? Um, well, I am set to go there in two and a half weeks. And then I will have an interview with a temp agency, a, like a recruiting agency, uh, like May 15th, May 14th. Okay. So, um, I don't know. I, I hope that it works out well. I hope that she's able to set me up with someone that can... That's great. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I can't really say what my backup plan is yet. I haven't been, it's weird. I have a hard time planning for something when I'm not doing it yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. I'm still here right now in Boston. I don't, I haven't officially lived anywhere in New York just yet. Like, I'm not spending days there where I'm like, I have nothing to do, you know? It's like, the moment I get there, I think I'm really going to get on it right now. I'm applying to, like, a job a day. Yeah, I told you, just go to try to be a waiter. It's it's easy to like do other things with that's yeah that's my it's, it's like my choice i've been there a few days and i was doing mostly open bikes and it was just uh just hanging out i, I was there yeah, to new see york a, is cool i was there to see a friend uh she's coming from the dominican republic we hung Ooh, out that's cool and then i, uh, I love dominicans people she's actually from spain but she oh really in, yeah oh, it's even better she lives yeah. in the dominican she's very nice dominican people are like the nicest Spanish speakers I've met in the United States. Really? Huh. I don't know why, but maybe like the ones that I've met, but they're just like so generous and like nice and respectful. And yeah, I got that yeah. vibe. I went yeah, out. I went out, went out with two Dominican girls here. They're really nice, and they're very like good vibe people. Yeah, they're not like fake or something. They're no. real, and yeah, I love that vibe. Optimistic. I, I want to go to the Dominican Republic one day. You yeah. been there? No, no. Wait, I... you traveled a lot. Yeah, I have. I haven't been through... Only Central American country I've been to is Costa Rica. Okay, still, like, yeah. more than me. <laughs> really? Where have um, you been? I, basically, Europe. Like, like that's, really to think about, that's, like, that's a lot of countries. What do you mean? Like, no, I, like, I lived in Stockholm. I lived in Paris. I traveled... I was in Spain, in Amsterdam a couple of times. But it's easy. It even doesn't count those things. Like, when you live... Like, in Israel, it's super cheap and, like short flight so it's like yeah we'll go huh. to a, for a weekend in i don't know in somewhere huh. i mean to turkey to cyprus you've been to more places than me yeah but it's that's what i'm saying it's like europe it counts like count, yeah, yeah personally i count europe as all 27 29 countries. oh and i'm going to london for the first time yay when uh in may 12th i'm going to paris for for a week almost so i'm going to paris on may se- may, may 6th I'm going to stay there till the 12th, and then I'm going from there to London for a few days. And I'm coming back here from London. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited for London. I've never been there, and I'm kind of worried that I'm going to fall in love with that city. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I have. I've, it's a good time right now, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's getting warmer. It's yeah. getting less rain, I guess. Because all I hear about London is just like it's cloudy. Yeah, it it's like great. I don't care. I love that. You do? Yeah, it makes me feel something inside. I don't know. It's like I, Paris. Paris is all like my favorite time in Paris. It's like the fall. I like autumn. Yeah. I, I don't like Paris in the winter, in the summertime. Yeah, I feel the same way. Just tons of tourists and tons of Chinese are taking pictures of unnecessary things most of the time. <laughs> There's a comedian in Paris that he has a joke that it's stuck in my head since I heard it for the first time. And he's saying that there's a Chinese, like, it's like a true story that Chinese couple asked him, like, for a picture. And he was like, all right, go there. And he took a picture of him with his wife. Oh. Like the, no, the com- no, 
the Chinese man took a picture of that comedian with the Chinese oh, wife. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, with like oh, the Eiffel Tower in the back. That's kind of funny. That's like weird. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't know the mentality of Chinese tourists. Oh, they're so. They're the weirdest. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing that I remember. I went. I went to see the Mona Lisa once in my life. Have you been to the Louvre Museum? Yeah. And it's overrated. It's like, the, like the, the Lonely Island says, Mona Lisa, you're an overrated piece of shit. And like beside tons of Chinese taking pictures around it, I barely saw the picture itself. I was like, ah, yeah. that's it. I barely saw it. It's like you're you're so far back. It's it's, it's terrible. And I'm like, wait, I, I thought for some reason I thought it was bigger. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone thought that it's bigger because you hear about that thing so much and it's like nothing. It's just it's just a little bit. Yeah, like she she's bored. Like I don't know. I feel like there is something in the picture deeper than we know. Like the the Da Vinci Code style. Yeah, and maybe that would ex- explain the the whole thing around it. But otherwise, it's I forgot. I, it's like a painting I forget about. I forget exists. It's like there's yeah. so much other art that's like way cooler. That yeah yeah that's especially in the Louvre. The oh yeah. You're just like, oh yeah, the Mona Lisa. My there. favorite thing in Paris, do, do you like museums and art and stuff? Yeah. So uh, my favorite uh, expositions that I've ever been to in Paris, it was one of uh, Salvador Dali, ah. which was amazing. It was really cool and a lot of like activities to do there. And one, it called uh, The Angels. So it was, no, The Masks. The Angels, there was like a huge line, so I didn't go, but it was the last time it was there. But I think... Almost 10 years ago, I went to the, I think it was Musée d'Orsay, it wasn't in the Louvre, but they did like a masks um, ex- uh, exhibition. And it was like a lot of like, uh, I don't know, like statues of masks and, and painting of masks. And that was like super cool. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I love art. It's cool. But oh. the Mona Lisa, no, no. <laughs> I would never go back to stand in the, that line anymore. Yeah, I really like seeing the... Uh... One of the Monet paintings, the one where it's like the tr- like that. So they do a lot of like Monet things. Yeah, in that. like the one where they're all in the garden or the park, and the faces are all faced out. It's and like, it was, what's his name in the Van Gogh? Oh yeah, I went to the in Holland, in Amsterdam. Yes, like you would, have you been to Spain? You said you went to Spain, right? I've been to Malaga. Malaga, interesting. Yeah, yeah, for my best friends from Paris wedding, it was there, so it was. Pretty cool. You, are you going to Madrid? You, you, no, I've never Madrid. been to Madrid or Barcelona, and it's one of like the most popular places for Israelis to go. Yeah, because it's like a cheap, all included trip. So, but I've never been there because I was like, that's too much touristy thing. But I'm planning to go with my cousin's daughter. She's 17, and I want to go to Ibiza. And my friends are like, we are too old. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll pick the youngest person I know, you and I'll try to in. convince her. And she said, like, yeah, let's go to Ibiza. And now I just realized how expensive it is. And I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't go this summer. Maybe next summer. You're going to go to Ibiza with the 17-year-old, with your 17-year-old cousin? Or you're yeah. not, are you, are you going still this summer or you're not? I'm not sure if it's going to happen this summer because my mom wants to go to Italy. And I'm planning to go to Edinburgh for ah. a week or two, just like to see the vibes. I'm going to do my show next summer. And I want to just to go to get like... You're going to go to the Fringe Festival? Uh, yeah. Not yeah, cool. and it's so expensive. So I'm like, okay, pro. I need to pick one. I can't do all of them because the fringe is super expensive. How, wait, just staying there? Or yeah, what? just staying staying there. It's like the only the ticket in August. It's like 
$800. What? To yeah. Like, wait, yeah. Wait, wait, to fly there? Yes. Try, try to go in September. It's going to be half price. But it's... on August, it's like those are the prices. And everything is so expensive to stay. Brett Johnson is going to do the, the entire month. Yeah, I show, know. So, so he's going to do the whole month. He told me he's going to pay like for, for a room that he's sharing with someone. Like eight hundred dollars or something, and eight hundred pounds. Eight hundred pounds. Yeah, it's like insane prices. So oh I my need God. to think what I'm gonna do. I would do. just go and be homeless there. I imagine it's really nice. Yeah, there. I, I think you can do that. They're just like, can I stay on your couch? I'm like, oh, I would stay in a park. I would stay wherever. Oh my God, you're not gonna plan to go to do the fringe? I don't have plans in the immediate future. I need. I mean, I don't know. Like, when did you start to do comedy? We barely talk about your comedy. Oh, I've been doing comedy like a year and a half. So That's very impressive. Yeah, I knew that. Oh, thanks. Uh, it is. You did a lot and you do, you do amazing. And hey, what, what brought you to comedy? Like, what? Um, feel like? Just boredom. Mostly. Really? Yeah, nothing. You know, I have no, prior to doing comedy, I had no history with comedy. None whatsoever. I didn't watch a single comedy special. I didn't listen to a single comedy album. I maybe saw like clips of the Chappelle show like once or twice, but that's like sketch comedy. I never, never watched any stand-up whatsoever. I watched... It's kind of like me in American scene. Like I watched in Israel. I started when I was 15 years old. So I was surrounded by comedians all, all the, like my teenager time. And, and then after that, but, but I never tried to watch like, more like american like comedians and i think it helps me i think it helps me oh it, it is helping for sure i think it because like uh when i started doing comedy i didn't have anybody to like reference or be like i didn't know like who's a comedian i knew i knew of like one or two and that was it but i never really watched their stuff um but so yeah it was easier to kind of just like be myself because i think a lot of people try to like a lot of people that do comedy, they're like, oh, my favorite comedian, so-and-so. And, or they look at, they'll watch a comedian and then they'll, like, not imitate, but they'll, like, take a little bit, they'll get influenced by that comedian yeah. and try to do their style. Whereas when I started, I was just like, I'm just going to talk about my life and just talk about things that have happened to me and try to make jokes out of that. And it's... And it's, it's worked. It's, it's, it's been help. It's been working-ish. How, uh, how did you decide to do, like, your first show? That's interesting. Uh, um, so I actually came... Like, was it a spontaneous thing or, like... Yeah, pretty much. I came here and <laughs> uh, so I just moved from Kentucky to Boston and I had been here for like two, three months looking for stuff to do. And I always wanted to do like something in theater. And so I took an improv class. Okay. Like something with acting, something like that. And yeah. so I took an improv class uh, and then I also saw an improv Boston. They had stand up. I'm like, oh, I'll go check that out. So I went to a class a little bit. Uh, it's like, you know, a stand up class is it's. Some people would argue it's a big waste of money and it's like, yes and no. Like, I I really like the connections I built in the class. Like, Rob Creed was my teacher and I really liked Rob a lot. And so it was good to kind of see him teach and like tell you about what works for a joke, what doesn't, his input. I really valued it. Valued it. And so I wouldn't say it was a waste of money per se, but I always think, now that I think about money now, I'm like, did I really have to take that class? (laughs) (laughs) Did I, could I I have just learned that? What's your day job like till today? Like, what did you do? I was doing recruiting and admissions. Uh, when I first moved here, I had worked with this company for like three months and then I like kind of quit. That's why you moved here? Uh, yeah, I had okay. gotten this job with that company, but then I realized it was kind of like a bad company. And what, what did you study? I studied political science. Okay. And so I took that job with them three months. And it was like, 
I, I saw no future there. There wasn't anything really. The leadership was bad, and I wasn't. I didn't really care about it anymore. And so I quit. I found a temp. I found like this temporary job paying like fifteen an hour. I was like, all right, that's that's enough for now. Uh, I did that for a month, and I got offered another job, and then I uh, did that job for a year and a half, and then I quit. Okay. It was a good job. I would I would have kept it, but I needed. I, I decided in that time I was. Since I've been here, that year and a half I've been doing comedy, I really wanted to go and go to New York and pursue it seriously yeah. and just, uh, you know, try to try to make something of myself there. So you don't have a backup plan for now? No. <laughs> and your, your parents, do they do they support you or? They can. They, they no, can. like support you like mentally, not like financially. Uh, they don't support me financially. They do kind of support me for, uh, mentally. Oh, yeah. that's good. That, that's wor- That's priceless. Yeah, it's, it's better than money. You, sometimes. I, no, you know what? I would rather take their financial support and then <laughs> tell them and then, then and then have them tell me no, you should be doing this. No, if if they would tell you like you shouldn't be doing that, they probably wouldn't give you a penny for helping you doing that. They probably wouldn't. But yeah. <laughs> if, if it were to if it were to be the reverse where they wouldn't support me mentally but they paid me or they gave me money, I would take it. But but, but you know it's the, I don't know like I'm thinking about my life like my mom never. Uh, supported me doing comedy she was just like yeah whatever do whatever you want but yeah. you go to study do that do that do that I'm like no I'm doing only comedy and it took her so many years till she was like okay I give up like I don't care she's still telling me that I need to go to study something and I'm like no oh. I'm doing comedy yeah but I feel like her trying to I don't know prove me that I'm wrong is one of my biggest motivation to keep do that because I uh. <laughs> Besides the fact that I want a success for myself, I want I want the success to show my mom, ha you were wrong. So yeah. I feel like it's it's a great motivation for my ego. Yeah, it was never like that with my parents. I mean, my mom wants me to study something, but it's like I don't really take what she says tells me that stuff. I don't take it seriously, so I don't like <laughs> I don't like make it a point to like I'll prove you wrong, mom. No, is that like that with me? No, oh, no, I mom. have an ego. I'm like, <laughs> it's yeah, like keep telling me that I can't do that. <laughs> it feels bad to say, but I guess I I like I take my mom seriously about some things, but when it comes to like me and my future, I take I don't take her seriously. <laughs> and it's like it's not like there's anything she could really do to like change like she doesn't support me financially so she can't be like you better do oh yeah my, my mom helped me like whenever she can but like it's not that she can to she can't like, do a lot but. if i were on the verge of homelessness she would definitely take me home or she would give me money oh yeah definitely so my mom like helped me she, a lot they like, would support me like that yeah but it's like if i can if i as long as i have some money like i have my savings for a little bit as long as i have that that i have no inclination whatsoever to ask my, oh, my mom paid like a couple of months when i just moved to tel aviv because i didn't have money Oh, like okay. it worked but it didn't have enough money and it was like can you help me and she was like oh come on yeah i i i, so. I haven't had to ask my mom or dad for that yet and I hope oh yeah it was i was 19 and it was it's very early it's, age to move out yeah. so yeah so she kind of i'm 25 now and i would but, be, i would be filled with shame if i had to ask my mom something oh yeah no mom. now i'm like ah yeah. i would feel terrible but the only thing that she did for me recently it's like i left alone in israel which it was like i don't know like right now it's then like my mom covered it for me you left alone yes you had a loan in israel yeah i did your mom paid it off yeah so they called me and i kind of like moved here and i was like yeah i am not coming back and they're like all right you can come back if you're coming back we're gonna arrest you and i'm like what 
Like I'm, I'm like a child in those things. I don't know. It was like eight thousand dollars or something. Eight thousand bucks. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I know, I know. And it was like I, I put it like for years. That's why I was kind of like even forgot about it. And then you pay like I don't know, like hundred dollars per month or something for like the entire life. Uh, so she was in Israel. And she's like, listen, let's do that. I'm gonna close it for you, and you pay me. And now I still need to pay her like a couple of thousand. You're but it's her. it's my mom. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you like when you're, you're when paying I, her right now. Yeah, like whenever I can. Whenever you can. Yeah. So now I'm focusing on my comedy, and she's mad. She's like, I told, I asked her if she can come with me to the Fringe Festival because she never supported my comedy. So I told her like, all right, let's do that next summer. You're with you, me in the you Fringe. Don't think she, you don't think she's mad at you for spending all this money on the Fringe Festival? Like she is mad at you. So every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to Paris. What's with my money? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, gonna say. That's... Yeah, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna show you one day. I'm gonna make all that money back from comedy, and I'm gonna give you a lot. Because when, when I was a teenager, I was like the worst person in the world because she she wasn't like rich or wealthy she was like a very average like financial person and and i always used to tell her like one day i'm gonna make it big time and you're not gonna see a penny for me uh, and i was you, that's a terrible thing to say but if but, i ever but she it. but my mom knows me so well she's like all right i don't <laughs> want to see any money from you anyway it's okay oh if i ever make it then the first thing i'm doing is buying my mom like a house or something oh yeah it would definitely like and then i grew up and i'm like oh don't worry i'll buy you everything you want yeah probably i don't know what it takes to make it but we'll see it's not it's possible like i don't know i've met so many people that like in israel it's easier to live from comedy but the way from living from comedy to become rich from comedy it's uh, it's very far um yeah most of the comedians you cannot be famous and still make it like have a living yeah so yeah i mean it's tough to become famous it's tough to like it's like it's not that hard to become famous anymore the thing is that like to become famous and stay famous that's no that's the problem yeah like you have to have to you have to have a lot of tools in your pockets like to show other things and and that's what i'm working on right now like I took a screenwriting uh, course in Emerson. Yeah. It was amazing. It was really good. Yeah. So I'm working on a few projects on like, uh, I started to write a movie for that thing. Like it's a drama movie, but, but I'm working on that too. Just like to have that too. Like one day, I don't know what happened. Maybe I'm going to meet someone and <laughs> I can't tell them like, okay, I only have comedy. Like, okay. I have also that thing. Like, huh. so that, that's my biggest advice to any comedians out there. Like, don't count on comedy itself. Like, look oh, yeah. at all the big comedians there. Like, even Seinfeld, they made it through the TV show. Yeah. So you have to do... Diversify. Yeah. Do as much as you can and learn as much as you can. It's fun. There's so many things to do with comedy. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't branched out yet. Because in my mind, I'm all, all I think about is like... Who was it? All I think about is just whatever i like like maybe i'll start a podcast or maybe i'll write an article about something or a newsletter i'm like well why don't i just spend that time writing some jokes it's like I, i'm not ready to move out of that yet because i don't think i've been doing it long enough to kind of like push myself into other fields yet but oh, just do that i don't know what to I, well the problem is the I thing, that's something i'm telling you so i i find like american people sometimes like i don't know if it's scared or like or not motivated, but a lot of people here are just like, yeah, but it's not possible. I'm like anything is possible, just try. And yeah. I remember even met my husband, like always is like, yeah, but that's like, you can't probably do that. And I'm like, 
what what do you know like no one knows and I'm, I'm always like telling him like just send your stuff like do some stuff big like i, I send like mails to the to the seller like few times i'm like i don't know probably they're not gonna see that yeah. but there is know. one little chance that they will so worst know. case they're gonna send me an email back and tell me like no stop email us but till they're doing that i'm gonna keep sending them emails like yeah i've started to be a bit more bold with just like asking people for spots and bookings and things like that yeah you never uh, you never know like you really never hurt, know it doesn't hurt to ask you know, exactly like, uh but um i haven't really, yeah i haven't thought about anything else other than stand-up because in my mind i i, I think like well i'm not good enough to i'm still i want to get good at stand-up in my mind i'm like i'm not good enough yet i need to keep doing this first and then once i think i'm good enough then i'll do other things but the problem is i might not ever think i'm good enough and so you know, might as well try to branch out now and see what else I can do. It's so uh, I, th- I think it's yeah, a good, atti- good. I think it's a good attitude, though. Yeah, yeah, we can do anything. Like as comedians, like I see right now, there are many like TV shows that like I don't know, showing comedians and comedy life and like yeah. uh, Miss Menzel. What's her name? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Maisel, yeah, uh, Mrs. Maisel. Like it's about comedy, and even my mom loved it, and I was like. Do you love people doing comedy now? That's your uh, thing? Like, as long as it's not your daughter? So, <laughs> she loved it. And there's another show. I even don't know what show it is. Like, Matt started to watch it yesterday. And I was like, oh, it's about comedians. It's like... Is it crashing? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Is it with Pete Holmes? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Because I think it's crashing is the one... It's in the cellar, right? Yeah, there's yeah, a scene so where it's he's in the one. cellar. Yeah. Uh, what, what, was I, what else was I thinking of? There's a show that just came out of Hulu by this guy named Rabbi Yusuf. The show is just called Rabbi. Yusuf? Yeah, he's a, he's a comedian. Oh, yeah, the Muslim guy. Yeah, yeah I want to watch that. I still yeah. want to watch it. I don't know what it's... I just know that he's Muslim, and I know it's based on him being like a like a Muslim person in America or something like that. I don't know if it's like about romance yet. I haven't watched it, but just the fact that he's gotten a show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, we're living in a, in a world that it's like the easiest time for like creating and yeah. And if it's good, it's good. It's like I don't know what I if I were to write a show tomorrow, I don't know what it would even be about. Maybe it would be about a boy growing up in a nail salon. And <laughs> it is funny, like yeah, th- that's that's my favorite thing. So like. Like that Remy guy, and uh, there was like uh, the big, the big sick. Did you watch it? Yeah. So it's like it's about like a comedian that came from like it's like a Pakistani story, and he did it so well that like me as a not Pakistani person, I was like so into it, and like it, it like I don't know, he made me feel like more educated about the culture and everything in a very cool way. I was like, that's interesting, that's cool, like all the 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 love's life the the wedding thing i was like oh my god that's terrible but it's funny and and he did it so well and i'm like so i told matt yesterday why do you spend time watching tv and those shows just like start to write a show of comedians it's it's like it shouldn't be that difficult yeah if it's like from your life it is true yeah and also it's the easiest thing to film when you're a comedian yeah like you can just take my like i don't know like a a camera video, a video camera, and just like walk with you during the day, and and just yeah. add some like I don't know editings and stuff. It shouldn't be that difficult. If you do something good and you put it on YouTube, it might get some views, and those views might like the agents. I remember when I started to perform, it was that thing that like an agent might sit in the audience and find you. It doesn't happen anymore. They sit in front of computers and looking people <laughs> for people on YouTube. Like seriously. Like you never know where, like where would it come from? So, 
when that person finds you, you have to have like a lot of things to show him. Like that's true. That's true. That someone you know someone else was telling me about this. Uh, Jack Burke. Do you know him? Yeah. Yeah, he was telling me just talking to me about this and how I should definitely try to diversify and talk about other things. Or do other things. Oh yeah, always do a lot of things. It's yeah. I guess it's I just fun. also it's so much fun. Like for me, I didn't do much because I didn't have like like the green card and stuff, and I was very down because I couldn't even leave the states as long as it's in process. So I was like kind of like stuck here. I was like I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do comedy now. I don't want to. So I did comedy, but like low key. But but then like since I came back from Israel, I was like, all right, no more excuses. Yeah, I wanted to go back to see my family. I went. That's it. I'm here now, and I'm back, and and I just collect like projects. Yeah, and it's the best. It's the best time of my life. I'm working like like crazy, but but it's fun. Like I have you that have project, a, and I have that project, and I'm, you have a script. You you said you started a script. Yes, yeah, so I'm starting. I'm working on a different uh, project. It's like a, it's gonna be like probably like a a web series or something like that. I'm still working on characters and stuff and I started to write a TV show in Israel I wrote like a couple of episodes and then I came here and I translated it to English to make it like it's about like an Israeli girl in Boston and you. Yeah, yeah yeah and like she's looking for roommates and and then like a weird I don't know like the I find it very funny it, like anywhere you will go with it it can be like so much fun and cool like young people living together as roommates it's something yeah it's a system that works like friends and and seinfeld and it works <laughs> the big bang theory like no you my, can do something with it so mine would literally be about a little boy growing up in a nail salon that this is so funny and that, that's the thing like people in america that's what they love the most like things that they don't know things that they would they, they would learn from it so what it's like to be behind the scenes. Ah, that's a, yeah. Maybe I'll get started on that. Yeah, you should. It's just final drafts are amazing. Yeah. Please give me my money back if I'm promoting you. Nah. <laughs> I, bu- I bought it like through the Emerson when I was a student, so gotcha. I got a very good discount. So if you know someone who's a student in Emerson, try to get it through him. I did. <laughs> but do you have a final draft? A final draft? Yeah. The uh-huh. software. No. To write scripts, it's amazing. Final draft? Yeah. It's a software. Yeah, it looks like this. And huh. it's super easy to work with, so even if you don't have a lot of background of like... Like, you write stuff and it just basically helps you to do everything. Does it cost money? So, yeah, it costs, but it's worth... Like, it's one-time payment. So. How much is it? So, through Emerson, while I was a student, I paid, I think, like, 110 or 120. Dang. Yeah, but it, there are some, like, free softwares, but they know that Final Draft is the easiest. Why can't you just write, write it in Microsoft Word? No, but it, because you do have, like, some free ones. I forgot their names. They probably have, like, I'll let you look for it, like, after that. Uh, I'll let you know. But, yeah, it's just, like, work on anything you can. All right, cool. Yeah. Also, comedy, like, it's a world that... There's so many comedians who are very bored sometimes or very sometimes very depressed because they don't know the like the way or they're lost or they're kind of like upset at the moment and and it's a good place to like come and like push them and like all right they have a project I'm working on do you want to be part of it and they're gonna be motivated and then you're gonna yeah so I it, think it's, it's good I it's think the it's, best feel to like it's a good way to push you to keep writing yeah sometimes I just don't know what to write about yes that's one and also like. It's the like thing you... is like okay now I need to work oh my god that that's I find like the worst in comedy yeah like the 
like to motivate myself okay good morning go and work like oh, but i don't have a boss i'm like i'm your boss do something yeah <laughs> yeah it's tough to be your own boss sometimes yeah. you're just lazy i've been out of work for the last month or so and i've just been super lazy that, that's the thing like don't get used to it that's easy. yeah it's it's I'm and so dangerous it. <laughs> so yeah that's what i'm saying find yourself projects make Things yourself deadlines that's another big important tip yeah because without deadlines you're gonna be like yeah whatever tomorrow but next week time. next month Ooh. yeah yeah especially when you're gonna move to new york it's more expensive yeah <laughs> and Ooh. you need you need like some plans good plans all right that was my time our time the show time yeah, yeah. thank you so much for being our guest thanks for uh thanks for having me by the way thank you it was a lot of fun hope you guys do uh, do you have like a web things that you're working with like facebook or a website uh, or just follow me on instagram alex law there's like five a's to the l like alex l a a a yeah it's like that's on instagram otherwise (laughs) yeah i'm gonna be in chicago uh next week i have like eight shows lined up i'm pretty excited so it's gonna i'm gonna upload it like a thing in like a month Okay, like this so episode, so I will be in Chicago like, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, uh, but yeah, if you need me, I'll be in New York starting May thirteenth, May fourteenth. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Hopefully, I'll be back to Boston. It was a lot of fun. Oh there. yeah, probably. It's, yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the best. Come way do some to... comedy yeah. here and there in Boston. Have a good yeah, time. Yeah, sure. Maybe I'll come to visit in New York. I need to do that soon. Yeah, yeah at some yeah. point. That'll be fun. Where are you gonna live in New York? Bushwick, pro- Brooklyn, probably. Brooklyn. Bushwick. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Oh my god, did you find an apartment yet, or? I'm um, going to with my friend Mike's. All right, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah don't be alone. It's a yeah. big city. Don't yeah. get lost. All right, thank you so much for listening, and see you next week. Yeah.